Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the breakfast show with me, Ryan Huang. When it comes to Google, Meta, and PwC, what do they have in common? Well, that's a tough one, perhaps. They have something in common. They are converts of what our guest does. She is a second-generation leader of the furniture woodwork industry, and she's been growing her two brands as the eco-extension from her parents' wood commodities business company to champion the beauty and sustainability of wood. Let's find out how she is spearheading the transformation of the industry, paving the way for a greener and more sustainable future for the next generation. So let's welcome Emily Sim, founder and director for Pendelog and also co-founder of Superstructure as well as executive member of the Singapore Furniture Industries Council. Good morning, Emily. Good morning, Ryan. Thanks for coming in. So let's start from the beginning. So your journey began in Japan. So it was a journey and passion that really stemmed from a four-month apprenticeship at a Japanese logging and processing firm. I believe it's Sumitomo Forestry back in 2010. That was quite a long time ago. How was the experience like? What did you go through? So when I was working in Japan, I was taught to respect the forest. Uh, Mm. Wood is really the only building material that is grown by the power of the sun and we really use it to make the smallest toy to you know now tall buildings so forestry management really plays a huge role in managing this resource uh, for future generations another thing i learned was uh, that engineered wood products often use formaldehyde as a binder so these volatile organic compounds or vocs can cause skin irritation asthma and some believe cancer as well so the companies i visited in japan or i worked with were all committed to having these items with low emissions so uh, with this experience, I was surprised that these topics you know, were not addressed uh, when I returned to Singapore and I really used this as my uh, starting point to propel me forward uh, to keep the passion alive when running my family business. Yeah, definitely a different culture that you've uh, gone through in that apprenticeship in Japan. And you, of course, uh, seem to have grown up in the wood industry. Your parents own NS Trading, which is in the commodity side of the things um, when it comes to wood. And then you've gone to do your own brands, Panalog in 2016. And then a year later, Superstructure. So what was the experience like growing up in this sector and what inspired you to break out of, in that sense, from your family business? So I'm still very a part of the family business. I really see myself as an extension of what my parents have been doing. I'm just making it more relevant to the conversations today. Uh, it was easier to start afresh or start something on the side because the company operated uh, in a very traditional way and I really wanted to try new things but was met with many roadblocks. So this was a company that sells planks? Yes, yes, just commodity uh, wood materials uh, that you would buy you know, like to make all kinds of furniture, right? So um, I wanted to try new new products, uh, new materials, or even like, you know, customer service strategies. So it was very difficult to get buy-in from upper management and uh, working level. So really starting Panalog and Superstructure, uh, I wanted to give myself also or give myself an opportunity to create some credible 
ability and confidence you know, to implement these ideas before I roll out to all the different departments. So at this point, I also wanted to share that as a second generation entrepreneur or even and, and reaching out to all those mm. out there, taking over your family businesses, I would like to say that you are not alone. We really face like similar challenges working with family. And for me, uh, SFIC, an association for furniture players in Singapore, really connected me with a lot of peers and mentors to help me navigate this first few years. Yeah, it sounds a very familiar challenge, not just in business, but in many families, like you've got new ideas, you want to try it out. There is a bit of resistance because, you no, know, that's the way we've been doing things for a long time. So why should we change? So you've gotten around that by starting your own two brands, Panalog and Superstructure. What does each brand do? How different are they from what your parents are doing? So Panalog is actually a combination of two words, panel and dialogue. When we use panels, they are often uh, hidden under a laminate or some other finishing. So since it's not on the surface, people often miss them out. So uh, as a company or that focuses on a sustainable materials consultancy, this is really meant to restart these conversations you know, about panels, about using natural and safe materials within a space. And with all these uh, new materials, uh, I had uh, clients and designers that were super excited about using them. But I soon found out that there was no one willing to process them. Uh, conventional carpenters were reluctant to take risks on new materials. So uh, Superstructure was really born as a reaction towards this conservatism. Having little carpentry knowledge, I really invested into uh, computational design as well as digital fabrication to experiment. Uh, mm-hmm. This Digital tools really allowed me to lower the barriers of entry for me and as well as I believe my generation to enter the manufacturing and building industry. And um, now we are a team of young machinists and fabricators uh, hoping to make a difference within this industry. And this is really how Panalog and Superstructure was born. Yeah, so you've given a bit of an overview. So when you talk about sustainable wood, right, which Panalog is trying to promote, how is it more sustainable? Well, there are several ways um, to know whether uh, the wood is sustainable. I think one of them is uh, when you're buying a piece of furniture, check if they are coming from managed forests. They typically come uh, with a SFC certificate. Mm. Uh, it's called uh, Forest Stewardship Council or PFC, the program for the endorsement of forest certifications. This will make sure that your piece of furniture doesn't contribute to deforestation. And also, uh, don't look down on panel and engineered wood products. I think that they are often considered low quality compared to solid wood, and that's not true. These technologies have been invented to remove the disadvantages of wood. This means that younger, faster-growing trees uh, are made more resilient. Uh, It also uses a high percentage of the tree compared to solid wood products, and these panels are specifically made to be more stable Mm. in order to last longer periods. All right, so I'm taking away quality, certification and then the ideas come to mind that hey these things typically cost more if you want higher quality you might need to pay a premium for it so there comes a challenge perhaps that you might have gone through uh, having to convince your parents the rest of the industry hey these are materials you might want to use like the carpenters the contractors how do you manage to get around the hurdle? Well um, right I think that's a great question I think that there's also a bit of a misconception of the industry today when I started out I think that's true But uh, I would like to take a few moments to explain that this industry, I think, has been longing and banging to move to cleaner and greener alternatives. I mean, why wouldn't they, right? The more uh, market premium of our eco-friendly materials uh, could be used. uh, And low-formaldehyde products also mean that carpenters and contractors uh, will not be put at any health risk. So I think the difficulty here is really creating market awareness outside of the industry and also ensuring that materials are deployable under regulations. So it's really at this uh, crux a 
concerted effort for the government industry readiness as well as uh, consumer education, uh, a road that we, the whole industry is embarking on right now. Okay, so there is a demand for that premium. So how much is that premium are we looking at when it comes to you know, like for like? For materials, I would say uh, 20 to 30%. But okay. uh, of course, you know, if you invest time and effort to make the furniture a beautiful piece, that can be oh, so yeah, much You more. get what you pay for. Uh, we are in conversation with Emily Sim. She is the founder and director of Penlog as well as the co-founder of Superstructure. She's also an executive member for the Singapore Furniture Industries Council. So we talked a bit about this earlier on. Digitalization using technology to enhance sustainability in the woodworking business. How much was that was going on in your parents' business and how do you do that in your current business? Well, um, <laughs> literally, uh, everything was really like manual when I got in. So I found it very difficult to, you know, implement a digital workflow. Uh, and, and it was also unfair of me to impose it. What you mean digital them. workflow? Is it like a tracking system for your inventory? Exactly, exactly. Well, it was better to uh, start a new team, right? So it, when you start a digital workflow, uh, materials are being calculated to reduce wastage to prevent the over-ordering of materials. We were also able to calculate the timings of how materials can be processed effectively. This information really helps us reduce the risk associated with guesswork. Uh, this means that we can pass this saving on to our customers, make us more competitive despite the higher overheads. Oh yeah, it sounds a very good way to be more efficient. Have you managed to convince your parents so far to at least have an Excel sheet? No, of course, of course. Like we, we have gone like on a digitalization journey and okay, and yeah. So across the board, you managed to get everyone on the bandwagon. So how do you then educate the customer side of things? You know when they need to understand or be aware of all the benefits you are trying to sell. Because in the start of the journey, that's typically the hardest when people try to convince that this is the next big thing. You have to pave the way for pretty much the rest of the industry. Yeah, um, definitely. I think that uh, it's, it's definitely a journey and we are still doing it. But uh, I would like to maybe share a story, maybe about deforestation. We all know that deforestation exists. Coming from an island city, these concerns can sometimes be a bit unrelatable. I like to put a human face to it. And in this case, a good example is how we are detached from meat processing, right? We all think that mm-hmm. uh, we don't think of uh, how cows are going through the slaughterhouse. And it, that turns some people vegetarian. So I would like to challenge that, you know, trees are also a life, right? We are more familiar with their dead bodies than their living ones. More of us are able to recognise an oak in a furniture shop, but how many of us can say uh, we just walk past an oak tree? So uh, this even uh, goes to uh, towards like other favourites like walnuts or teak. So this usually makes people curious about this situation and they start reading and uh, doing more research about the world we live in. Yeah, I think it's very true in many urban cities. Um, the kids grow up not knowing what chicken looks like except what they see in the supermarket. So a very real issue here. And it's great that you are pushing the agenda here to educate more consumers what it really is like for them to connect with nature and embrace it as well. Um, the other part of it is, I guess, business side of things, right? Sometimes sustainable products can be more costly. So how do you navigate and balance between sustainability and profitability in the industry. What are your margins like? So while sustainable materials uh, do have a high upfront cost, uh, I guess I take several approaches to reduce its cost impact so uh, the consumers don't feel it as much. The first thing is innovation and design. So fostering innovation to develop a sustainable solution as processes that I've shared. Investing in research and development to explore new materials, new manufacturing techniques and designs that are both eco-friendly as well as uh, cost-effective. Highlighting 
concentrating on their durability, quality and uh, environmental advantages. Uh, one of the good examples is also uh, waste reduction, so helping to minimise costs and enhance profitability through recycling and upcycling different materials as well. So the next part is also focusing on customer education or consumer education by educating customers about the long-term benefits and the value of sustainable furniture. Uh, hopefully customers are more willing to invest in them uh, and increase the demand and profitability for the industry. Yeah, when you talk about sustainable furniture, you're actually on to introducing new materials like mm-hmm. one wood. So reconstituted wood, how popular is it right now in Singapore? It's getting popular. So um, there are more people that are more conscious right, uh, about consuming wood products. So they'll typically ask like where they are from, uh, how is it made? And uh, sometimes they would even you know go as far as to do their own research before making the purchase. Mm, okay, and looking forward, you know, we've just seen Panelog and Superstructure building on the momentum so far, reaching $1 million plus in sales each in 2022. So long-term goals and aspirations for both companies, Emily, what do you have in mind? So I firmly believe that uh, Timber is the future. Mm-hmm. Panelog and Superstructure is both deeply involved in researching uh, digitally fabricated components. And I really hope to develop uh, the local ecosystem for furniture and building industry. Uh, we hope to be the leader in supplying manuf- and manufacturing innovative and sustainable products for Singapore and beyond. All right, lots to look forward to. From Emily Sim, she is the founder and director for Penelog. She's also the co-founder of Superstructure as well as the executive member for the Singapore Furniture Industries Council. Emily, thank you for your time today and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ryan. My pleasure. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.